On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla makes a couple of noteworthy revelations while delivering the first production semi-trucks. A new report suggests that a revamped Model 3 is on the way next year. Tesla chief designer Franz von Holzhausen gives a rare interview and discusses the Cybertruck and more. friends, I'm Ryan McCaffrey here with you alongside Daisy the Boxer on the couch and on the floor chilling out with me during this recording is Zelina the Future Service Dog. Welcome to episode 383, a palindromatic episode 383 of Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for December 4th, 2022. Uh, This is the most awesome packed podcast that I can recall doing in some time. It was a ton of work to get this podcast together this week, but it's one of those weeks where there's just so much cool stuff happening. Uh, two big soundbitey things between the semi-truck event and the Franz interview, this big Model 3 report from Reuters that I'm going to tell you about. There's just all these great topics. I cannot wait to get this thing recorded and get it out to you. I hope you enjoy it. Now, a friendly reminder before I do get started about the listener meetup happening at the Peterson Auto Museum happening this coming week. I've had to change the date. I've emailed the people that were had already expressed uh, interest in going, but just to say this one more time, in case you do want to join in if you're in the Los Angeles area, the meetup is now happening on Wednesday, December 7th at 10 a.m., right when the museum opens at 10 a.m. I very much apologize for having to change course on that. It happens, uh, and I've heard from a few of you. Hopefully, uh, still get a decent group of folks together to see this exhibit there at the Peterson, which itself is a wonderful museum. If you are coming, I would suggest budgeting as much time as you can because the Tesla exhibit, as you heard when I had the associate curator on a few weeks ago, she suggested, you know, a couple hours to really sink your teeth into the Tesla exhibit. And the rest of the museum is awesome too. So while you've already bought a ticket and a general admission ticket, see the rest of the museum as well, including the vault downstairs, which is where they keep the cars that aren't even on display that are still awesome. Like when I went last year, the 24 karat gold plated DeLorean, which is one of three in existence was just down in the vault. So enjoy it. If you're going or at some point in the next year, while this Tesla exhibit is up, uh, make, but make plenty of time in your schedule to enjoy the Peterson. And again, if you are planning to attend and you have not already emailed me. So again, December 7th, 10 a.m. is the group meetup. Please email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com, just so that I have a general idea of who's coming. It's, again, totally informal. You buy your own ticket. You're on your, you're, you know, doing your own thing. But I would love to meet up with any of you that do want to join in. Uh, I hope all of you Patreon backers that ha- at the appropriate tier enjoyed this week's lightning round bonus mini episode as I, I do those every week for the ludicrous tier and higher. And this week's was about my Rivian R1T test drive. Yes, through the generosity of a Ride the Lightning listener, I got to check out it from a behind the wheel perspective, a Rivian R1T, which was really fun. So take a listen to that. 
And as a reminder, anybody that joins my Patreon at the ludicrous tier or higher, uh, you will get access to all of the lightning round mini episodes. There are 25 of them now. So you can find out more on my Patreon page found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Now, if you are shopping for holiday gifts for your Tesla friends or wanting to drop hints to others, there is now even more new merchandise on the online Tesla shop than there was when I mentioned this last week. They put up metal drink canisters that are sized perfectly for the Tesla center console cup holders and a few more things. So if you did not already check out shop.tesla.com for some gift ideas for Tesla friends in your life or to uh, check out if there's anything you want that you want to drop hints to people in your life for, take a look at that. But what if you're shopping for a Tesla, an actual car? Word from Tesla this week is that anyone who takes delivery of an inventory Model 3 or Model Y before the end of the year will receive a $3,750 discount on the price. For more information, see your nearest Tesla location. This is a real thing. Uh, and the key word here is inventory. It's got to be something that they've already built, not a custom order. Uh, plus, at this point, if you did a custom order, they wouldn't get it built in time for you to take delivery of before the end of the year. And so this is clearly a very smart effort to effectively offer those customers that want to take advantage of this the upcoming tax credit right now, instantaneously. So, you know, they'll grab a Model 3 or Model Y now rather than wait till 2023 for one. And that, in Tesla's benefit, pumps up their Q4 numbers and their overall 2022 delivery numbers as well. So if this is of interest to you, you can just go to tesla.com and then whether, you know, click on the Model 3 or Model Y and just click on existing inventory for whichever of those two vehicles you are interested in. All right, let's get started. As I said, very exciting week of Tesla news to go through with you this week. The first thing, the headline story, of course, has got to be the Tesla Semi delivery event. Uh, it was about a 30-minute or so, actually not even, it was about 20-minute presentation because it started 10 minutes late. About a 20-minute presentation from Elon and Dan Priestley, who is the other speaker here. He is the senior manager of engineering on the semi-truck program. So I've got a bunch of clips, as I always do for these things, broken out for you. I'll talk about each of those. So here are the highlights for you, starting with why build a Tesla semi-truck? So uh, people might wonder why build a semi-truck. Because um, if you look at the actual unit volume, it's, it's small compared to passenger vehicles. So for passenger vehicles, you know, there's on the order of uh, almost 100 million that are sold every year. And whereas semi-trucks, it's uh, like you know, four, four or 500,000. Not even yet. It's a couple hundred thousand Class A trucks a year. Globally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or no, no, no. Sorry, that's U.S. US. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's so there's, it, in the, so in the U.S., there's, it's called like 15 million passenger vehicles and a couple hundred thousand semi-trucks. So it seems like a small percentage, but... Uh, it's actually 20% of U.S. vehicle emissions because you've got a huge vehicle and it's being driven uh, all the time. So when you factor in the, the number of hours driven and the, the weight that it's carrying, it's actually, although it's only 1% of vehicle production, it's 20% of vehicle emissions. 
uh, and it's uh, over a third of, of all the particulate emissions. So from a sort of health standpoint, particularly in like cities, this is a huge uh, impact, like it's gigantic. So um, that's why we're doing it, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, this is really core to our mission. And you know, to, to Elon's point, there's a lot of heavy trucks that are deployed in dense urban areas. And so the communities that are around freeways, a lot of where these trucks are domiciled, are going to really benefit, particularly from the particulate emissions reductions, and then you know, just trying to reduce emissions globally. Every truck that we put on the road that replaces a diesel truck is a huge amount of leverage. And so that's, that is why we're doing this and makes a huge difference towards driving us towards our total mission of sustainable energy and transportation. Yeah, I think maybe a lot of people don't realize it's actually quite, like, you know, quite unhealthy to be living next to a highway with, with diesel trucks, FYI. <laughs> so um, so being able to make them electric is just going to be, uh, just in, in addition to sort of climate change and, and uh, global warming matters, um, it's, it's also quiet and it's, it's going to improve the quality of your air and it will actually just fundamentally improve the health of people living near freeways, which is obviously a super big deal. So, yeah, if anybody's been woken up at a, a noisy truck delivering in the morning, you know, the, the quiet will definitely be very welcome. I, I know I will appreciate that. Yeah. I honestly never knew that statistic and it's kind of gross, honestly. Diesel semi-trucks are 1% of the vehicle production in the U.S. each year, but constitute... 20% emissions and one third of particulate emissions. Oof. So the question I would have for Elon and the team is, well, how quickly can you turn that number over? How quickly can you convert those diesel semi-trucks to electric semi-trucks? And the reason I ask is because your average gas-powered car, for instance, you know, I think most of us our gas-powered cars, we'd keep them 100,000 to 200,000 miles, and then that was pretty much it, on average. Well, I looked it up for a semi, and a semi-truck has an average lifespan of around 750,000 miles. And on average, a semi drives 45,000 miles per year. So that is a pretty long 15 to 17-year life, arguably longer than your average passenger vehicle, which seems bad in this case of trying to trying to replace the diesel fleet of semi-trucks with electric ones. Now, will the economic benefits of an electric semi, which Elon, and again, his name was Dan Priestley, the other speaker on stage there, will the economic benefits of the electric semi be overwhelming enough to convince companies to retire those diesel-powered semis early and switch to electric? In fact, I'm honestly a bit surprised that this presentation didn't really touch on the economics because the presentation did go into the economic side of it in the reveal five years ago. But again, that was a very long time ago and the production final truck is different and the circumstances are different in the sense that gas prices have only gone up. I would have liked to have heard more about the economic benefits of the electric semi here. But we did get plenty of interesting information. So let's continue with the next clip and hear about just how fun the Tesla Semi is. Um, so we're aiming to cover all, ma all major forms of transport. Uh, it's just consistent with the Tesla mission because sometimes I get asked, like, well, you know, shouldn't a Tesla just produce, like, uh, you know, fast cars or, or premium cars or whatever? It's like, but 
but what's our actual mission? Our actual mission is to accelerate the advent of sustainable energy. So um, that's why we're making this wide range of cars that don't really make sense from a brand standpoint, I guess, traditionally, but they make total sense when you consider what's the mission of the company. The mission of the company is to accelerate sustainable energy, and so it's, it's super consistent with that goal. Um, and uh, really a, a crucial piece of the puzzle, and, and that's why we're doing it. Yeah, and I mean, Elon, you first laid this out in Master Plan Part 2, and you know, now we're here to actually make it happen, and you know, everything from the mission side, along with reducing the cost of cargo transport, and also make it fun. I mean, we want to make the truck an awesome driving experience, you know, make it kick-ass for the drivers. Yeah, I mean, it, lo it looks sick. I mean, look at that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to drive that. I mean, that thing looks like it came from the future. It, I mean, it, it drives like a, it, like, it's like driving a, you know, a, a Tesla, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, it's fun, it looks awesome. And you know, there's, there's, there's actually a big shortage of drivers. And so if you're a, a truck driver and you want the, the most badass rig on the road, this is it. I mean, it is pretty cool, let's be honest. Not that that bar is particularly high in the world of traditional semi-trucks. And if you're curious, by the way, one of the Frito-Lay trucks that was there was wrapped in yellow, a yellow and red wrap. And then the Pepsi, there was a Pepsi truck as well, in, of course, blue. So simple matte wraps were on these trucks. And honestly, I think that's probably going to be what a lot of the semi-customers, electric semi-customers, are going to do. But I have to say... I do love how the Tesla Semi still, at least to me, looks like a Tesla, even though it's this gigantic Class 8 Semi truck. Uh, next up, how about the performance? Let's hear about the performance aspect of the Tesla Semi. You know, at Tesla, we don't make slow cars. Uh, we don't make... This, this thing has crazy power relative to a, a diesel truck. Uh, I mean, actually, especially if you if you don't have, if you're not towing anything, you could zip around like it, it looks crazy. Basically, it looks like a elephant moving like a cheetah. It just didn't look right, frankly. Um, but it's uh, it, it's this is this is not sluggish in the least. It's it's fast. Uh, it's fast to accelerate. It's it's uh, fast to brake. It's really a step change improvement in uh, what it's like to drive a semi truck. Um, yeah, well, we've got three yeah. times the power. Three times the power than any diesel truck on the road right now. So you've got all the work, all the power you need to get the job done. But the other reason that it's a beast is because it's also efficient. And you, know, you can go 500 miles on a single charge on one of these things. So it's the mix of those two that this is why this is a game changer. And what's awesome is both of those are enabled by our new 1,000-volt powertrain, which is the first vehicle that we're doing with that. And don't worry, there'll be some more things, more vehicles coming with that. But uh, this is going to be uh, a game changer because of all the awesome innovations that have happened you know, behind the scenes and you know, under the hood, so to speak. First of all, I loved the description there of a loadless semi-truck looking like an elephant moving like a cheetah. Very apt and also hilarious. Second, and more importantly, I would bet lunch that the Cybertruck, at the very least the quad motor biggest battery 500 mile range Cybertruck will be getting that 1000 volt powertrain. But the other car that de almost definitely will get that same 1000 volt powertrain is the next gen Roadster because it too will have a gigantic battery. And plus it's the supercar, it's the halo car. 
it's going to have the best of everything. I think it's uh, I think that is a fair a fair uh, conclusion to draw from that. Next up, let's hear about the hardcore testing that Tesla did on this semi truck. Lots of hardcore testing. So, I mean, one of the things about a, a commercial truck is that the reliability has to be extremely high. So it's got to, got to be running continuously, can't break down. Uh, it's got to handle every kind of weather. Uh, uptime is, is super important for any kind of semi-truck. So we've, we've tested durability in every kind of weather, every kind of environment. Um, I mean, you could, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, so even just, we've driven Donner. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But we've been through hot, cold, snow, rain. We've been putting this thing through all its paces in the lab as well as in the real world. You know, the simulation team has been doing an incredible job of being able to scale all of that. You know, in the uh, virtual side. And the other thing is that we're going to take these and we're going to put our money where our mouth is. And we're going to put these on into our own fleet, into our own supply chain. And we're going to use this to transport goods between our factories and our suppliers because we believe in it, not just from a mission perspective and a cost perspective, but because we want to close that feedback loop. We got to get that learning as fast as we can. We want it straight from the drivers. We want it straight from the service techs that are working on it. We're going to take all that data that's coming in and continue to refine the product to make it better, just like we do on the car side. Yeah, exactly. So to be clear, like these semi-trucks are are running 24-7 between uh, Sparks, uh, technically in Sparks, not Reno, but uh, most people will think of it as Reno. Reno, Reno Sparks, uh, and and Tahoe. And... yeah, this is technically the, uh, called the Tahoe Reno Industrial Complex, or TRIC. Um, now there's an in- interesting backstory about uh, why it's called that. Very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, it's, it's, it, the, the, Tesla using the trucks continuously day and night uh, between um, here and Fremont and, and back again uh, is, is going to be... Uh, it is an, a great test of the vehicle uh, and will give us a great feedback loop for continuing to improve the product. Well, Tesla said this five years ago when the semi was first unveiled that they would be their own first customer with the Tesla semi. And I'm glad to see that they are doing exactly that. As Dan put it there, putting their money where their mouth is. I'm personally still waiting to see my first one here out in public roads. But then again, I'm not really over in the East Bay very much, which is where the Fremont factory is. I'm just not over there very often. I'm sure plenty of you listening out there who drive the 880 freeway, which runs past the Tesla factory, have probably had a Tesla semi sighting or two at this point. But soon enough, many more of us will start seeing them on the roads. Let's hear about now the powertrain in the Tesla semi, because uh, it's something of a surprise compared to what we were originally expecting. So, yeah, um, we've got a tri-motor uh, powertrain system, so, and they're, we're using the uh, carbon overwrap sleeve. So, essentially, we're using the, the, te- the, the plaid uh, Model S, Model X uh, powertrain. Uh, and, um, but it, we're, we're and, and, and actually enabling the two of the drive units to actually disconnect 
yeah. so that they're not uh, free spinning. Uh, yeah. So the efficiency is actually much greater in cruise. Yeah, this is really unique. I mean, we're going with a tri-motor system. One of them is constantly engaged, so that's for maximum efficiency. You're getting on a highway, that's doing the bulk of the work, and it's operating at the peak efficiency point of the entire drivetrain. And then the other two units are for torque and acceleration. So when the driver needs it to get their job done, whether that's you know, getting out of a loading dock or it's on the road they need to pass somebody, you're tackling a grade, you have the torque and power to do it. And the cool thing is that these are clutched automatically, so no driver input needed, but it's also seamless. So the highway efficiency unit is cruising along, doing its thing, and if the driver puts their foot to the floor, the torque unit spin up, clutch engages, and takes over, and it does all of that before we've maxed out the torque on the efficiency unit, so it's completely smooth. There's no turbo lag or jerkiness or anything like that, no driver input needed. It's smooth, both in terms of acceleration and deceleration for regen. It's uh, really cool happening all behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, what I find actually really wild about this is that uh, you can have a, a truck um, which is 82,000 pounds, and uh, by the way, the reason we can actually do 82,000 pounds is that there's a 2,000 pound extra uh, that's allowed by law for electric trucks. So you get a little bit of an uh, advantage on the, uh, on the, on the weight side. Um, but you can, you can basically pull 82,000 uh, pounds uh, on, at cruise using, to, and the only thing that's doing that is a tiny little motor so on one axle. Oh, that big, well, football size, maybe? Yeah, yeah you can yeah. carry it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like a, you know, melon, and You, you can check it in your luggage. Good luck doing that with a diesel engine. And one of those is more powerful than a diesel. Yeah. Yeah, just that, just that one little guy is, is more powerful than a regular diesel engine on, on, a, on a semi-truck. Um, but it's just, I find it, like, amazing that this enormous thing can be pulled by something that you could carry in your hands. It's like, wow, that's power density. Okay, so this is significant. The Tesla Semi uses the Plaid powertrain. That is something that could not have happened had this truck gone into production, say, four years ago or even three years ago. That's not to say Tesla wouldn't have upgraded the Semi over time if it had come out four years ago, and not that they won't do that even with this Plaid starting point that they have now, because you just heard them say that they will, but it was originally, if you remember, gonna use four Model 3 motors. Now it's using the carbon-sleeved tri-motor Plaid setup, and the big advantage there is that it can operate at much higher RPM in a safe and reliable way, which is gonna be huge for when the semi needs to pull that 80,000 pound payload up a steep grade as just one example. Next up, the range test, the 500 mile range test that Tesla ran recently. Let's hear about that. So we talk power, you wanna talk efficiency? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, some people out there say it can't be done. Um, I don't know who might say that, but uh, <laughs> I've heard rumors. Um, and uh, so we just did it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we're going to post the whole video unedited on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no jump cuts. <laughs> yeah. And th this wasn't, you know, some ultra clean, precise test track simulation or something where we, you know, shut down a road. Nope. This is real world. You know, this is over grapevine. This is with traffic. This is true 500 miles. You know, we were loaded just under 82K. You know, we didn't, no special aero treatments. Yeah. Truck came off the line, shook it down, made it run. That's it. 
Yeah, there was like no fast moves here. Nope. So to be clear, it's not like, oh, and what, what, did, what tricks did they pull? Were there actually a whole bunch of tricks we could have pulled yeah. and didn't? <laughs> Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, like, as Dan said, like, no, no special error treatment. Uh, the, oh, and by the way, we should mention there was yeah. no charging. Like, we, we charged yeah, the yeah, truck. Yeah, yeah. We didn't stop the charge. Single, yes. single driver. So one shift. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, so, <laughs> Minor detail. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's not like 500 miles, like, with no load, with special arrow and special everything. It's, like, fully loaded. Go, going from the Bay Area, we actually had to, like, go a bit north to get to, you know, actually add to get to 500 miles, because you can you know, uh, LA to the Bay Area is less than that. Well, we went all the way to San Diego here. So we, we, oh, okay, we, that's we yeah. stretched out on the southern end. And, uh, I mean, do you want to see on the video? I mean, yeah, yeah. we have the proof. Absolutely. So, it's only eight hours long, so. Yeah, buckle in. <laughs> Don't worry, we brought lots of snacks. Yeah. But yeah, standard trip. Down the five, up Grapevine, through LA, traffic, construction. You know, we got the bypass on the way station, but you know, running full 80, or just under 82, full deliveries. Nothing to hide. Yeah. So. Yeah, real, real world, it's, yeah. He, he did take one restroom break for, there, there is a required mandatory 30 minute break within the first eight hours of operation. Okay. Took a small restroom break, but that was it. Yep. All right. Will I watch that entire eight hour video of the drive from Fremont down to San Diego? No, I will not. But am I happy that Tesla is releasing that video? Absolutely. And also, if you're curious, the person that Elon was, uh, I guess we would say subtweeting would be one way to put it right there, uh, was Bill Gates, who had previously and publicly expressed doubt that a 500 mile electric semi truck was even possible. So there you go, Mr. Gates. It is a real thing as of now. Next, how uh, is it like to drive? Like, what is it complicated to drive a Tesla Semi? Let's hear Elon and Dan talk about that. As I said, it's, a, it's as easy to drive as a Model 3. So it's like, uh, like, with basically no training, you can drive this. Um, you know, it's, you have to think bigger when you're driving it. <laughs> Uh, but it's not like uh, it's not hard to drive. It's really easy. And we put the center, it put the seat in the center for max visibility. It's low floor, you can stand up in the cabin. Yeah, and that's actually like a really big deal. I mean, and, I mean, you're a tall guy, Elon. Like yeah. you're able to stand up just fine. And you know, nice thing is, is that if you're a truck driver and you're out during the day and it's you know it's cold, it's snowy, whatever, you can get in and you, this isn't a sleeper cab. This is a day cab. You can still stand up and you can you know, shed your jacket, put it on the wall all in the comfort. You can put your coveralls on while in the cab. So if you have to go do a dirty job, you can do that comfortably as opposed to being out in the elements. So that's, you know, that level of space is you know, unheard of. And we were able to do that with some pretty innovative packaging. And on top of it, there's plenty of cargo storage, you know, for drivers that need to bring any tools, other equipment along. And not to mention, you know, we've got the plugins, the wireless charging, everything they need on the uh, electronic side as well. There was a video on the screen as well, and it looked like there were multiple wireless charging pads in the interior. There were two for phones, of course, just like in our cars, but also it looked like a larger one for a tablet. So hopefully that's a nice little convenience feature in there as well, if my, if my eyes were not fooling me on that. Also, with Elon talking about how easy they are to drive, it gives me confidence that at some point, hopefully in the next year or so, 
Tesla will make good on one of the final two outstanding referral program prizes from several years ago, and that is racing the Tesla Semi. Yes, racing. That was how Tesla had worded it at the time. Obviously, it won't be head-to-head simultaneous racing and with multiple semi-trucks on a track for safety reasons, but almost certainly instead a time trial with one semi around a private course, uh, and that would be so insanely fun to participate in uh, and also just to watch. And by the way, the other outstanding referral program prize is, of course, the next generation Roadster. Let's hope that they're going to make good on those sooner rather than later as well. I've got one more clip for you that I want to play from the semi event. By the way, if you want to watch the entire semi presentation, the entire delivery event, it's on Tesla's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Tesla. This clip is about high power charging, big truck, big battery, going to need some high power charging. Let's hear about that. Obviously to charge a truck like this quickly, you need a high power charger. So we developed a megawatt class charger as it's capable of charging at a megawatt to DC. Yeah. Um, and it's our next generation immersive cooling. So it's, it's liquid cooled. Uh, so you don't need like a gigantic elephant trunk of a cable. You can actually have a small, small cable and that cable delivers uh, a megawatt. Um, and uh, yeah, we've 3x the current density. I mean, this is really cool stuff. I mean, we took, you're actually immersing the conductor in the coolant, this water-based coolant that we have, and we're then doing some really neat isolation monitoring on the back end to ensure that it's safe and delivering that it needs to. But it means that we can really shove a lot of current in a very, very small place. So, you know, for those that have worked uh, and charged their cars on a V3 supercharger and the cable's nice and, you know, maneuverable, it's the same thing here, but now we're just shoving a megawatt through it instead. So, you know, this is key for high-power applications like Semi, but you want to tell them or do you want me to tell them? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be used for Cybertruck, too. Yeah. 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 So this is is coming to our superchargers uh, next year. Yeah. Yeah. Again, awesome news for the Cybertruck. And also, once more, I would bet the farm that the next generation Tesla Roadster will also get this. And both of those vehicles, like the Semi, are going to have enormous batteries, although Neither of them will come close to the semi-battery size. In fact, you could put the Roadster, the next-gen Roadster battery and the largest Cybertruck battery together and still not come close to the size of the battery pack in the Tesla Semi. But anyway, you take my point. But you know, even if you're riding peak output on a version 3, a V3 supercharger on a Cybertruck or a, a Roadster, it's going to take a while when you're dealing with what is certainly going to be probably 150 to 200 kilowatt hours uh, of battery pack in either of those vehicles. So again, I'm sure the Roadster is going to get it as well as the Cybertruck for the same reason that I mentioned earlier with the 1000 volt architecture. The Roadster is the halo car. It's going to get all the best tech and the latest features on it. By the way, The other big notable omission for me with this presentation, aside from the economic side of the the cost of operation stuff that I mentioned earlier, is that there was no mention at all of Tesla semi-truck autopilot in this presentation. 
I have to presume that it's just not yet activated, not yet ready to go, and is going to come along later. But bottom line, it is great to have these officially in production, finally out there. It's, you know, Tesla had three cars that have been announced for a while. I mean, the Cybertruck, okay, it's been now three years, which is not an insignificant amount of time. But the Roadster and the Semi were at five years. So it's good to scratch one of those off the list, off the, you know, still not out yet list. And the, the Cybertruck is coming up next. And then the Roadster, hopefully not too far behind that. But uh, I am looking forward to seeing Tesla semi-trucks on the road soon. And congratulations to everyone on the Tesla semi-team that helped make this possible. All right. The next big story this week regards the Model 3, which I am a proud owner of. Many of you out there listening I know have the Model 3. A Model 3 refresh may be on the way. This story comes via Reuters, who again has had a number of big exclusives out of Tesla in the even over the last couple of years, and their track record is excellent. So I am very confident that this report is accurate. Reuters writes, Tesla readies revamped Model 3 with Project Highland. Tesla is developing a revamped version of Model 3, according to four people with knowledge of the effort, as the top EV automaker aims to cut production costs and boost the appeal of the five-year-old electric sedan. One focus of the redesign, codenamed Highland, is to reduce the number of components and complexity in the interior of the Model 3 while focusing on features that Tesla buyers value, including the display, according to the people who asked not to be named because the revamp has not been announced. The revamp of the battery-powered sedan, which could also include some changes to the Model 3's exterior and powertrain performance, note the word could on that, will go into production at Tesla's factory in Shanghai and the company's Fremont, California plant, two of the people said. Tesla's Shanghai Gigafactory will put the redesigned Model 3 into production in the third quarter of 2023, they said. It was not clear when production would start at the Fremont plant or how large a cost savings Tesla would achieve from the redesign as it works with suppliers. So first of all, again, heck of a scoop here by Reuters. They've got, they clearly have some excellent sources inside of that company. So a tip of the cap to Reuters on this one. Second, this would explain why we have not heard anything about the Model 3 being moved over to the 4680 battery cells and the structural battery pack, as you've heard me wonder aloud about multiple times in recent months. This project, Project Highland, would certainly address those two things and a whole lot more. The question is, would that whole lot more extend to the look of the car? Even the new Model S and the new Model X only got a slight exterior refresh. The total redesign of those cars happened underneath the skin with new motors, new battery cell chemistry, new thermal management system, new suspension, etc. Basically everything aside from the looks was totally redone. And the looks, again, were still updated, just not totally redesigned. The 
uh, fact is that Tesla has actually never in their entire history done a complete redesign of any of their cars before. It's never happened. Even the original Roadster got a little bit of a refresh. It's referred to as the Roadster 2.5 that I think was for the last either one or two years. I think might've been just the last year, the 2012 Roadsters. But anyway, uh, I digress. Now, perhaps that previous story that I told you about, about the stalks being deleted from the Model 3 and the Model Y and those cars getting a new steering wheel with the obviously turn signal buttons on it, maybe that's going to tie into this, right? That would certainly make sense. Next, let's look at the timing here. Starting this project in Q3 in Shanghai really drives home Tesla's whole, we make changes all year long, not just during the model year changes, uh, model year changeovers. It really drives home that whole mantra, doesn't it? I mean, this, this would not be the first time that they've done something like this. The original Model S refresh, the first one, in which they deleted the nose cone off of the front of the car, and they made a few other smaller, more subtle exterior styling tweaks as well. That happened in March of 2016, obviously well into the 2016 model year. Okay, next, let's talk about the most exciting potential changes of all here. Styling and performance. Reuters sources clearly did not seem to know or at least wouldn't say one way or the other on that. But I think this definitely goes without saying that this new Model 3 will definitely, like the S and the X before it, be new under the skin. It's going to be made with single-piece front and rear giga castings. It'll use the 4680 battery cells and the structural battery pack. I mean, I don't know how the heck you'd reduce the components in the interior, which their report specifically cited the interior. Because certainly, I mean, okay, the deletion of the stalks and a new steering wheel with the stalk functionality included right on the wheel as buttons, that would do the trick. That's, that's one thing they could do. But seriously, look at a Model 3 or Model Y interior right now. What else could they possibly delete? I mean, maybe it's more about deleting interior components that we can't see. For instance, I have heard that the newer style center console that's in the 3 and the Y now has way fewer pieces and parts to it than the older style one that my 2018 Model 3 has. Now, exterior-wise, here's a question. Does the car need a refresh? It Does the Model 3 need a refresh? Let me say, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to it now that the car is five and a half years old. And, and really, by the time whatever these changes are actually go into effect in Q3, the Model 3 design will have been out there publicly for seven years. If you go back to the original unveiling of the car back in March of 2016, and they the, the car they shipped in uh, July of 2017 was pretty darn close to that prototype that they unveiled in March of 2016. But let's think about this logically. The Model 3 and the Model Y share a lot of parts, and I imagine that Tesla would want to continue for that to be the case since they are the two high-volume cars. Thus, I pose a hypothetical question, an example. 
will Tesla change the headlights or the taillights, which are two things that you typically see updated in a refresh, a, a significant refresh of a car. I mean, maybe they would want to go with, say, a more modern light bar effect on the back of the car. And if you change the body, let's look at it from the other way. If you were to change the body without tweaking the headlights and taillights, would that just look weird? I mean, I guess it didn't on the Model S and X refresh, but, you know, it's food for thought. The point is, I, after thinking about this, reading this story over a couple of times, I'm not convinced that the look of the Model 3 is going to radically change on the outside. I imagine there's a good, ch a good chance that it will to some degree. Again, similar to the exterior update that the new Model S and new Model X got, but just based on Tesla's history, I would not expect a major redesign on this car. We're not done though. Let's talk performance since the article did touch on that. I honestly don't think the performance of the non-performance variants of the Model 3 really need to change at all. The standard Model 3 and particularly the dual motor Model 3 are already pretty darn quick. But the performance Model 3? I mean, not that anybody's really come breathing down Tesla's neck on that one in terms of a, you know, an EV at a similar price point, but it sure would be pretty sweet to see the Model 3 performance dip under three seconds with its zero to 60 time. However, fair question to ask, I think, would Tesla want to make the top end Model 3 quicker than the base Model S, which has a zero to 60 time of 3.1 seconds itself and costs a lot more? Honestly, when I think about that question, I think there's enough separating the Model S and the Model 3 these days that Tesla's not going to lose out on a Model S sale because the Model 3 is a couple of tenths of a second quicker to 60. So I do think that a performance upgrade, at least on the performance Model 3, is on the table here. Will there be a tri-motor plaid Model 3? That I doubt, because I think that would threaten sales of the Model S. Perhaps not just the base Model S, but maybe even the Plaid S itself. And that I don't think Tesla will stand for. Now, to wrap up, to put a bow on this very exciting topic this week, I know there are so many Model 3 owners out there just like myself, so I thought I would make this story the subject of this week's Patreon poll, which simply asked, what would you want most out of a quote-unquote revamped Model 3? And the choices that I listed, now I was trying to speak generally here and just, you know, let people kind of bucket things, bucket specifics within these categories. Some people kind of just took to the comments to mention specific things, which is totally fine. But the number one choice in this poll, which got 170 responses, 49% of you, so basically half of the respondents, said increased range. And it really shouldn't be a surprise because, well, range is king. It always has been. It probably always will be, or at least it will be until we all are driving around 500-mile range EVs that are super, super affordable. Then it'll just be the common standard and you won't even think about it. 
but 49% of you voted for increased range. 18% did vote for refreshed exterior styling. Very close, 17% said something else, and I'll read you some of those comments in a minute. Uh, And then 15% voted for redesigned interior. Now, perhaps interestingly telling in this poll, 1%, which I guess maybe two people at the most, voted better performance. So clearly everyone is pretty satisfied with the performance aspect of their Model 3. I, I mean, I certainly am. Do I, would I love more? Well, sure, of course I would. I would always love more. But, you know, understanding that it's a 65 to 70 something thousand dollar car, the, the performance Model 3, the, the performance for what you pay is, is pretty darn awesome. So just one or two votes for better performance. I think that's very telling that uh, at least in this sample size, it tells Tesla that they really don't need to worry about performance as they're going to uh, do a revamped Model 3. Anyway, some of the comments here. Crunch saying seats that massage. Uh, that's a cert- That would certainly be lovely. We would factor that under redesigned interior. Oliver Bornfelt, better noise, uh, better uh, noise handling and suspension. You've got uh, a few people, including Kurt Hess, said, by exterior styling, I mean paint choices. There are a few people that mentioned paint colors. Uh, let's see what else in here. A few people did mention specifically the the uh, dual castings, the the Gigapress castings, and the forty six eighty structural battery pack. And what else? Power Frunk from Keith Fernandez. So plenty of good suggestions in here. A lot of good responses. Thank you all very much for taking the time to vote. Again, the polls generally go up on Tuesday nights. You don't need to be a Patreon backer to vote in them. You can find them again every week, usually on Tuesday nights, on my Patreon page, which again is patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. All right. I'm going to take a quick little break. When I get back here after this very brief musical interlude, I will talk about the next huge story this week. Yes, we're still not done with awesome stuff this week. Coming up in just a moment, some clips from a rare interview with Tesla chief designer Franz von Holzhausen. I mean, he's barely been heard from publicly since he was on this podcast back on episode 220. So stay tuned for Franz in just a moment. Real quick before those Franz clips, let me mention again, Accelerate Auto and their EV warranties, extended warranties. I've got one myself. This company was started by ex-Tesla people. You've got just a little bit of time left. The end of this month is the end of the $100 discount code, which is lightning. So if you are interested in that, don't forget to go to accelerateauto.com slash xcare that's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. These guys, again, former Tesla guys, they're out there trying to extend warranties where Tesla no longer will. So they cover all the common things. You know, you've been hearing me mention them uh, every week, the door handles for the older Model S's, the computer systems, MCU replacements, air suspension on the older S's and X's. In fact, unfortunately... My cousin Pat's Model S, which is now in the hands of a 
trusted family friend, uh, it is having air suspension issues right now, sadly. Uh, but anyway, my I've got a three-year, 40,000-mile extended service plan myself with Accelerate Auto. They also offer leasing for consumers, businesses, and public entities that are looking for more creative leasing solutions than what Tesla is offering, i.e., if you want to actually keep the car at the end of the lease, these guys will let you do it. Accelerate Auto will let you do it. Tesla, you have to turn the car in. So learn more and find the right extended warranty plan for you and your Tesla at accelerateauto.com xcare. Don't forget to use that discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off your purchase. Okay, as promised, Franz von Holzhausen, Tesla's longtime chief designer, gave a rare interview talking to CNBC about the Tesla exhibit at the Peterson Auto Museum. He did so while sitting in front of the Cybertruck prototype, unsurprisingly. And of course, I wanted to play you a few clips from the 16-minute segment. I would say I very much encourage you to watch the whole thing. If you go to youtube.com slash CNBC, you should just see it right there on that page. The video is titled Tesla's Chief Designer on the Cybertruck and Working with Elon Musk. Here's the first clip from Franz speaking to the origin of the Cybertruck design. The Cybertruck is a one of these rare moments where, in a way, form followed function. A lot of times we put the form in front of the function, especially in auto, the automotive world, and it's really tough to mix the two. But Cybertruck is really born out of the idea of a different way of manufacturing a material that put the, the toughness on the outside. So we really wanted to use stainless steel as a material so that the hardest part of the vehicle was on the outside, not the delicate paint. And it, it felt right for a truck that's you know, used in like a Swiss army knife in, in any kind of environment uh, has to be tough. So stainless steel is really tough to form, especially when you make it bulletproof or thicker to withstand impacts and not be damaged. And so we really looked at new ways of manufacturing it. You could only break form and form it in one direction. You can't do compound curves or um, things with the thickness of the stainless steel that we're using. So it really led us to a design that was really planar, really simplistic, and was also a chance to break the paradigm of what pickup trucks have been for the past 60 or 70 years. They're the same. They're kind of <laughs> this three-box shape. And we just thought from an aerodynamic perspective, having a covered back, um, a sloping roof would also be helpful. And oddly enough, it may not look it, but the Cybertruck is an incredibly aerodynamic vehicle. I continue to be astounded, at least speaking for myself, by the mental process that I went through on this. And, and from the letters I got, the calls I got, a lot of you went through this as well on this truck. And that process being going from hating it in like a major, like allergic kind of way at first to totally loving it like a day or two later. I wish I had the time to just go down to LA to hang out at the Peterson all day next to the semi-truck, the, semi the Cybertruck, just to listen to people's reactions to it. Now, I know that's not enough time for people to go through that whole cycle. You'd probably, if you did just stand there and listen to people's comments on the Cybertruck, you'd probably just get a lot of people hating it, and those people would maybe come to love it 
a day or two later at home when they're thinking about it later, like maybe in the shower. They're like, you know what? That Cybertruck, you know, I'm, I'm kind of digging it. And, you know, sure, I acknowledge as well, some people are still just going to hate it forever because it is such a polarizing design. But I remain amazed by the fact that this thing is going to exist. It will be a real thing. If you go on social media right now, you will still, in twenty, the end of 2022, find seemingly totally normal people who are 100% convinced that the Cybertruck is never coming out. And it's because the vehicle's so weird. It's not that they're, you know, they're anti-Tesla necessarily. It's just, it looks so bizarre that people are, they've convinced themselves it's never coming out. It's like, no, man, it, it is happening. It's going to be a real thing on public roads. It's time to start mentally preparing yourself, my friends. Uh, the next clip, this is Franz speaking to his favorite feature on any Tesla. So take a listen to this. Favorite one is the one that's coming. Um, <laughs> I think that we can talk about. Um, I'm really excited about Cybertruck. I think you know this vehicle has the chance to be something really radical in a pretty normal space. So I'm I'm looking forward to that shakeup and seeing them out on the street. And it's incredibly functional. It's not just the way it looks. It's, as functional as any of its competitors, if not more. And so I think people use it in ways that we can't even expect, and it'll be great to see how that how that tra- plays out. Okay, so what is he talking about? Well, for me, maybe this is just wishful thinking, this is probably either the Roadster, which, as I've said on the show before, is almost certainly getting a design refresh since that 2017 prototype, because by the time that car comes out, We're talking minimum end of 2023, minimum of six years from the unveiling of the prototype to production. It's probably going to be 2024, so you're looking at closer to seven years. As gorgeous as that 2017 prototype is, it's going to need a refresh. It's going to need to be not necessarily radically redesigned, but just freshened up a little bit. And uh, Franz may specifically be referring to the SpaceX version of the Roadster there, that's going to do things that no car has ever done before, like, say, going from 0 to 60 in 1.1 seconds. Or maybe he's talking about the robo-taxi. I mean, think about how fun the robo-taxi would be as a car designer, getting to completely, in every way, rethink a car from the not just the outside, but particularly the inside, when you don't need to have any inputs or really be surfacing any real driver information, because there's no driver, you can basically make it a workspace slash play space. So I would bet that Franz is referring to one of those two things. I mean, I'm not exactly going out on a limb by saying that since, you know, those two cars are Tesla's next two projects after the Cybertruck, now that the Tesla Semi is finally in production, but hey, Go with me on this one. Or better yet, if you've got an idea for something else that you think it might be, call in. Drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. The next clip. What is different about the production Cybertruck from the prototype that they shot this interview in front of? An excellent question. Here's what Franz had to say. There's a lot of new things in Cybertruck. When we're reinventing a product, sometimes we have to go through these processes just to to prove it out. Um, We had this idea that 
using, making an exoskeleton vehicle could work. And so we've been using that time to make sure that that actually is working. And the Cybertruck will look, for all intents and purposes, just like the one behind us. It's maybe slightly smaller, a few percentages, but in general, this is what the truck will look like. See, if I were interviewing Franz there, I would have asked that same question, but I would not have let him off the hook with that general answer. I would have pressed him for some specifics. Now, fortunately, we already know a few things, like the giant windshield wiper arm that's going to dock over on the driver's side vertically. We know the side view mirrors, which, as you may also remember, Elon has claimed will be easily removable so that you can have it look like the prototype uh, and just use cameras. We know about the lack of any door handles on the final Cybertruck. The prototype that's on display there at the Peterson has the self-presenting door handles like the Model S does. And the dashboard uh, looks like it's not going to have that cool paper-based marble-looking slab uh, in the final version that the prototype did. But it might have an instrument cluster with a second screen in front of the driver that the prototype didn't have. But it is notable to hear Franz confirm that it will be just a tad smaller, which is something we heard Elon mention to Jay Leno when the Cybertruck was on Jay Leno's garage a couple years ago. But that same week that that show aired, Elon walked that back on Twitter and said, nope, no, nope, it's staying the same size. So it looks like Tesla did indeed settle on it being just a tick tinier. I've got two more clips from this interview. Again, I encourage you to go and watch the whole thing on CNBC's YouTube channel. The polarizing design of the Cybertruck, was that the goal? It wasn't the idea behind it. I think it was just about making, um, again, the, the, the form follows the function and creating something that's different and taking a chance and being bold, but still being safe and functional and hitting all the attributes for what a pickup truck should be. And there's no reason why you can't change the recipe. I just really like his last line in that clip. There's no reason you can't change the recipe. Exactly. Have you noticed, as an example of what he's talking about, almost every SUV on the road nowadays looks exactly the same. It, and, okay, not but like looks pretty similar. And as Franz himself pointed out earlier, every truck is the same three box design. But the thing about the Cybertruck and the reason that so many people like me who initially hated it completely came all the way around to loving it is that it's not just change for the sake of change. It's change in order to make it functionally better. The stainless steel is part of that. The Tesla armor glass is part of that. The exoskeleton is part of that. I think that's the difference for me between a Cybertruck and say, if you haven't seen it yet, you can Google image search it the new BMW electric cars. I'm not directly comparing a truck to a car here, but just take a look. Have you, take a look at the new seven series electric BMW. It is just boxy and in my opinion, ugly for the sake of trying to be different. Like it's unique design doesn't serve any function. It's just weird for the sake of being weird. Now I realize that design is highly subjective, but well, those are my two cents. 
Last clip I've got for you from this interview is in regards to autonomy. A good question was asked of Franz. How do you think autonomy will change design? Getting from the idea to the production car, we're working on trying to do that in two years. I think the future of transportation is going to change pretty radically. I feel like we're on the precipice of that with the uh, advent of autonomy, with autonomous vehicles becoming the norm, and no longer do you have to drive yourself to a destination or be the driver of the vehicle, the, the, the vehicle is driving you. I think it changes our, the, the way that we use the vehicles, the way that we transport ourselves around. We're pretty used to it already in planes and air travel and trains and buses to some degree, but I think the next step is really the, the automobile. And I think that autonomy is gonna really radically change the form of the car, how it's used, the interior space, potentially the ownership experience as well. I wanted to include that little bit at the beginning there from something he was saying a moment before in the video because it's really interesting to hear Franz say that they're trying to shorten the time from idea to production down to two years. Now, I would say that Tesla has shown that they can do that. They've more or less done that before. The Model 3 and the Model Y came around pretty quickly. The SX, Cybertruck, Roadster, and Semi, not so much but they have uh, moved pretty quickly before. Still, uh, we will see now about the new compact sedan and SUV platform, the next generation platform, not to mention the RoboTaxi. And speaking of the RoboTaxi, which I also mentioned earlier, perhaps th that clip that I just played you, there's a hint of it in there maybe. Changing the form factor of the car significantly, including the interior. I cannot wait to see what Franz and his team cook up for these, what I would consider to be fifth generation Tesla vehicles. The original Roadster was the first generation. S and X were second generation. The three and the Y were third generation. The Cybertruck, new Roadster, Semi, and I could would even throw in the new Model S and Model X, fourth generation. And then the smaller sedan and SUV, along with the RoboTaxi, would be the fifth generation. So always great to hear from Franz. We don't get to hear from him particularly often, so I'm happy to play some clips for you from that. Again, check out the full 16-minute video on CNBC's YouTube page. Uh, I am going to skip the Ride the Lightning hotline this week because I'm already over an hour just with these three massive topics that were so much fun to dive into this week. But if you'd like to call into the podcast to respond to something you heard me talk about or whatever is on your mind as it pertains to all things Tesla, drop me a line. You can call me anytime. Two easy ways to do it. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record the question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. And then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and call in anytime toll free on the Ride the Lightning hotline. You just leave a message. The number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. But I am not quite done with Ride the Lightning just yet. Stick with me. I'll be right back with what I've been up to along with your pro tip of the week coming up right after this. 
This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Hey, I wanted to mention the test calendar. This is uh, These guys reached out to me. They're doing a pretty cool thing. Get your 2023 Tesla calendar by going to testcalendar.com. It is completely community organized. There's a 12-week photo contest every year that decides who's going to be featured on each month's page. It is in its sixth year now, and what's cool is each sale helps plant up to five trees through the One Tree Planted Foundation. Each order also includes a free Tesla T Christmas ornament and exclusive discount codes from Test Calendar sponsors. Free shipping when you order two or more. Get yours at testcalendar.com. Well, what's been happening at my house? Zelina is not only chewing up everything, as puppies do, but I have to say is... She's doing so awesome on walks, like learning to walk properly right beside me and not get ahead, not get behind, not get distracted. But as well as that's going, the potty training is going the oppositely terrible. Like it's just not going well. I don't remember Daisy being this much trouble to potty train, but we're going to get there. We're going to get her there. So Zelina's doing well. Daisy, meanwhile, has been having a bit of a rough go with her GI system. Uh, Long story short there, I'm kind of having to start over on the transition from the kibble to raw diet, but I'm a few days into that. Seems like it's going a little better this time than the first time uh, I tried it a couple weeks ago. So, And I I did that at the the behest of our veterinarian, so I'm not just doing that willy-nilly. So hopefully she's going to be able to get through it and get her GI system all settled and, and be fine with her new diet. All right. Time for a pro tip of the week. This one comes from Will in Ancaster. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Just listening to your podcast for this week. This is just in response to Andreas' call um, about the Bluetooth in the back. It it definitely isn't enabled yet. Um, But just to clarify one thing that you had mentioned, um, you can actually have the screen playing Netflix or YouTube or whatever while you're driving. My kids watch it all the time when we're on the way to the cottage. So um, you just can't have it in the front obviously for obvious reasons but uh anyway that being said uh pro tip of the week um that i've been meaning to call in for so while i'm on here anyway i may as well give it um for the new model s and x i'm assuming only i don't have the uh the new x um but uh, the ability to actually move some of the the music and whatever over to the left side of the screen um, was something that I was really hoping for. And one day uh, while I was driving, there were two little arrows that appeared in the bottom right-hand side of the screen. And when I pushed that, it flipped everything around and brought everything from the right-hand side of the screen over to the left-hand side of the screen. Never saw those arrows again. Couldn't figure out why they only showed up once. Um, oddly enough, and not sure why this is, and hopefully there's a patch eventually that fixes this, if you turn off your HVAC system entirely, those arrows show up. As long as the HVAC's blowing, whether it's heat or cold or whatever, uh, you don't have that ability to swap it out. So um, that might be handy for people that want to be able to switch it around, just turn off your HVAC, hit the arrows on the bottom right-hand corner, and then you can turn your HVAC back on. So anyway, thanks. Love the podcast as always. Talk to you later. Bye. 
That is a good one, Will. Thank you so much for your call. And I remind all of you out there that you can send in your pro tips of the week to me the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning hotline calls. If you've got something cool about the car that's not super obvious that you'd like to share with me and your fellow owners and enthusiasts, send it my way by using the same call-in methods that I told you about a little while ago. All right. Time to mention a few friends of the podcast before I hit the road. AbstractOcean.com. They've got a ton of great aftermarket accessories ready to go for whichever Tesla you happen to own. So head on over to AbstractOcean.com. Browse by vehicle. That's probably the easiest way to do it. You can see all the goodies that they have there. Pile up whatever you want into your shopping cart. And then when you get to checkout, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST to get 15% off of your first order. They've got stuff like the rear footwell lighting kits, which I think are great in the Model Y. They've got a bunch of other interior and exterior lighting kit and lighting options as well, tempered glass screen protectors, etc., etc. Check them out, abstractocean.com, coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word to get that 15% discount off your first order. Meanwhile, get your front license plate bracket that's nice, clean, minimalist from everyamp.com slash RTL. It's the snap plate. It's paint safe, it's grill safe, radiator safe, autopilot safe. Nice, clean, minimalist design, which I'm a big fan of. Leaves nothing unsightly behind if you want to remove it. Like if you're detailing your car, you're going to be at a car show, but then you can easily put it back on safely and securely as well. Get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. Here's an update on my budgetsafesolar.com solar project. We passed our inspection. That's the good news with our new electrical panel. And we are now simply down to waiting for our utility provider, PG&E, to give us the go-ahead to operate, the permission to operate, which Budget Safe Solar is handling with them. So I'm hoping it's going to be soon and it's not going to be more San Francisco bureaucracy with this stuff, but we appear to be in the final stage now. So one of these weeks, hopefully next week, I'll have some really good news about the fact that I'll be powered by solar. This podcast will be solar powered. That'll be the good news. So uh, if you are interested in solar for your home or business, at least drop them a line. Give them a look. Budgetsafesolar.com. Sure, you're going to take a look at Tesla, but if that doesn't work out for whatever reason, as it did not for me, take a look at BudgetSaveSolar.com. Don't wait around. Now is the time. And if you're going to proceed with an installation, don't forget to use the referral code RTL. Immaculate Reflections, if you are in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, you're going to want to bring your car over to Immaculate Reflections for a spa day. Whether you want to do paint correction, get that paint finish looking as good as it possibly can, whether you want to do paint protection film on some or all the car, particularly that front end, or maybe you want to do some ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax it for the next three to five years. Instead, that water's just going to bead right off of the car. It just, it's awesome. I love it. I'm very happy to have my car ceramic coated. So book in via his website, which is irdetailing.com. IR standing, of course, for Immaculate Reflections. irdetailing.com. And when you do reach out, mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener, and there's a nice little discount waiting for you on any service that you book. 
Meanwhile, puretesla.com slash RTL has all of your dash cam and sentry mode needs. $49 shipped free will get you a 128 gigabyte micro SD based kit that's plug and play right into your car. Take it right into the package, which again is shipped free if you're in the US. Plug it straight into your car and it's just gonna work and it's gonna work reliably for a long, long, long time. There's also a 256 gigabyte kit for $69 if you'd rather step up to a larger file size, a larger storage size, I should say. There's also the nice slimline low profile wireless game controller kits as well if you do a lot of gaming in your Tesla perhaps with uh, with someone else in your family that uh, you need the, the whole, you know, the two controller kit that's available there as well. Again, the website, puretesla.com slash RTL. And I believe that's all the friends of the podcast. Uh, I'll mention the patrons, the Patreon backers in a second. But first, let me mention one more time the Patreon itself. Hopefully, you've really been enjoying Ride the Lightning all year long as 2022 is now nearly over. We're 11 months in, one month to go. And if uh, perhaps now is the time where you'll say to yourself after hearing this, you know what, Ryan? Yes, you have earned my support. I am going to back you on Patreon. Head on over to my Patreon page found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I've got a number of different support tiers there. Each one comes with a stacking perk. So the higher up you go, the more stacked up perks you get. Just the basic support tier. If you're if you're able to support me, there's a $5 a month tier. And in return for that, you will get early access to each week's episode. There's also a yearly option. If you just wanna pay once a year for a full year of support uh, of Ride the Lightning, you can do that. And if you do, there's a 5% discount on top of that to uh, thank you for supporting for an entire year. The $10 a month tier is arguably the most popular. That one gets you the early access each week and that weekly bonus mini episode that I call the lightning round as well. So take a look, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. I would be humbled and grateful if you would consider supporting me on Patreon. If you are not already following or subscribing to the podcast, those are free things that you do on whichever podcast service you prefer. That way the show automatically pushes out to you each week. You don't have to remember to go and find it. So I am on all the big podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. Uh, I'm also on YouTube in audio-only form. If you want to listen there, just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube and you'll find my channel there. But otherwise, find me on your favorite podcast service and click that follow or subscribe button. Each, each service calls it something else. Uh, last thing, I guess, would be my email address, if you ever want to reach out, teslapodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Same handle on both. DMC underscore Ryan is how you find me on both Twitter and Instagram. And with that, let me say hello and thank you to the wonderful Patreon backers of the at the higher tiers, starting with the grandfathered-in Plaid level supporters. The Plaid level is gone, but the people still kind enough to pledge at that level continue to be grandfathered in with all the benefits as such. So thank you very much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, 
Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Next up, an extra big thanks to the Maximum Plaid backers. We have our, in fact, tomorrow or Sunday as I record this, so it'll be uh, today for some of you listening, but we have our monthly Zoom hangout for the Maximum Plaid tier and higher ha- uh, happening this weekend. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, I will see Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maitsuaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, and James Gregory. Finally, a big thank you to the Roadster in Space tier backers. They are they are uh, in this the stratosphere. They are orbiting the planet with their awesome generosity. That's how high their pledge is. So thank you so much to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Ayacaveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and Kara Weston. Thanks so much to all of you for continuing to listen to this podcast all year long. Boy, this was episode 383. Episode 400 isn't too far away. Hmm, I wonder... To see if I can come up with something extra fun for that one. I guess that's still about, what, 17 weeks? I guess that's four months away. It's I guess it's maybe it's not that close, but it'll go by quick. Next year promises to be a very big year once again for Tesla with the Cybertruck, maybe the Roadster, but definitely the Cybertruck, which I know so many of you are eagerly anticipating. All right, I'm going to hit the road here. But I want to say happy electric motoring to all of you. Thank you so much for your time and attention here every week on Ride the Lightning. For a snoozing Daisy the Boxer and an also snoozing Zelina the Future Service Dog, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was a palindrome, episode 383 of Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast.
I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.